Welcome to More Than a Sign, where we talk to some of Milwaukee's most productive realtors, up-and-coming realtors, and those that work alongside us. However, rather than being a platform for shameful self-promotion, these are intimate discussions about the journey, the struggle, the fear, and ultimately, the personal growth along the way. At the end of the day, nobody really cares about what we do. All that really matters is who we are. Today, we're going to learn who John Molitor is. But before we do, let me tell you a few things about what John has done. So uh, John has built an incredible business, which you'll hear about. And this year, John and his team of two others is on pace to do $25 million or more in sales, which is incredible. Um, no disrespect intended, John. Who really cares about that? Let's talk about John Molitor, the, the guy, the guy that I've known for seven or eight years. Yeah. It's been that long. Wow. I know. Crazy. <laughs> so before we start talking, I have to tell you that years ago, I switched from goals to intentions. And I used to be very goal-focused. I want to sell X amount of homes. I want to run this distance. I want to have this much in the bank, blah, blah, blah. And I switched years ago from goals to intentions, which is not what I want to have, but what I want to be. And one of the things that I want to be is I want to bring positive energy and I want to be surrounded by positive energy. And the reason why I digress like that is you're truly the most positive guy <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, literally, you greet the world with a smile and a laugh consistently in, in, in the entire eight years I've known you. Yeah, I don't, I don't have too much to be sad about. Have a you know, great wife, great family, great parents. Yeah, it's and I have fun what I do. This job is made for me, and I wake up. We we kind of know what we're going to be doing during the day. You know, Kiko and I wake up I'm with Milo and Azure, but we wake up and like, what the heck's going to happen hmm. today? <laughs> you right. kind of know, but then you just don't know. It's I, I love it. Yeah, is there somebody in your life, like a parent or a sibling or somebody that? was super positive that you drew that from or is this all you my mom that, okay. very positive yeah she's yeah always positive everything's good and you know you know what is bad it was, you know everything's still kind of good so that's mm -hmm. the positive stuff there and then i think the work i think i get from my dad i mean he was homicide prosecutor in milwaukee county oh, for wow. 35 years yeah so my line with that is not not all of his gray hairs are from me <laughs> so um but yeah, so definitely the positive edge of my mom, the work ethic from my dad, and he's positive too sometimes. <laughs> so he's in the DA's office? He was. I did an internship there when I was young. We'll talk about that <laughs> over a glass of scotch someday. But oh my God, was there crazy people walking through there? Crazy oh, stories. Yeah, well, my dad always helped out. He took time. He was su super busy all the time but um, with work. But he did coach all of our you know baseball and coached me through and coached the all-star team. Everybody wanted to ride in our car on the way home for all the stories. And looking right. back, I'm like, Dad, should you have been telling us? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's but they're, they're good. They're good. Though. Stature limitations. Now. <laughs> yeah. So you grew up here. Yeah. Born and raised by Fish Bay. Bopped around a little bit, you know, in uh, the teens, renting some places. But we're back in Whitefish Bay, raising our kids. Kiko, we graduated through, went through Whitefish Bay together. Graduated in 03, and um, we both went to Cumberland Elementary, and then Milo and Azure are going to go there as well. I mean, if we don't move, I don't think we're going to move, but yeah. And you were friends growing up? Not very close friends, but we okay. were always, you know, she was more of the theater crowd, and I was 
kind of sports and running around. I'm, I'm an only child, so I was kind of friends with everybody, yeah. which helps me today in this Doesn't job. Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> but yeah, so we were always, you know, oh, hey, you know, talking here and there, but we didn't really reconnect until 2011 when I joined Facebook. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's how it happens. <laughs> right. And for those that don't know it, Kiko's father... Yes, Victor DiLorenzo. Um, he's some walkie ties too. He's the founding drummer of the Violent Femmes. Yeah. So the grandkids have a great drum teacher. Right, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. Well, you know, when I see you and your wife and your kids together, it's a beautiful thing. Well, thank it really you. is. Yeah. You have a beautiful family. And I knew you before, not before Kiko, but before the family came. Yeah. So what did you want to be when you were little? Baseball player? I really just, I, I just wanted to have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really, wasn't drawn one way or another. You know, school was a little teeth pulling for me. Sure. But, but got through it. And yeah, no no real vision until it really started going on, on the real estate. And then it just, everything just clicked. Like this was made for me. And let's talk about that because you took a different approach, which is super interesting. And that's where I had met you. But yeah. let's talk about how you got started. Yeah. So kind of, you know, graduated high school, kind of wafering, not sure what I wanted to do. And that was 03. You no know, working full time. I was washing cars. Um, we got into BMWs. We'll touch on that later. But at mm-hmm. the local European dealership, it went to school, went back to work. The, everybody was making money in real estate. The big boom, 2005, 2006. I'm like, well, I don't know. A buddy approached me. He's like, let's go. You know, there's a lot of action happened down in Arizona. Let's go be realtors. And, and my parents like, let's, you know, at least get a associate's degree. So, you know, I paused on, you know, jumping on a plane, went to MATC, the local mm-hmm. technical college. Got, yeah, I love it. Got an associate's in real estate. While my time there, the market then crashed and kind of wafered a little bit after that and then got my license. And a gentleman started a business. One of my friends was working at the Milwaukee Athletic Club. And hey, Bo's Bo Beach is starting a business doing rentals. So I applied. It was my first I was the first employee. I was nervous, sweating. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I didn't realize, you know, now, like, you know, us agents interview with the brokerage, not the other way around. Right, I got right. the job, you know. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> Participation trophy. But so then I started doing rentals and I was the first employee there. And uh, how do you, what do you do? Uh, and he's, well, get out there and call yard signs. So I just started driving around, calling yard signs. I rented my first one on Downer, UWM, Allen, really nice guy, had a lot of properties, gave me a chance mm-hmm. and got it rented. And then your coworker, Katie Falk, I got in with, with Terry Flanagan, one of my friends, father's Terry Flanagan. Then he was with Katie at Coldwell. And then, because Katie doesn't do rentals, so she kept giving them to me, mm-hmm. which was awesome. So, you know, I'm on Lake Drive, you know, young guy just starting this and doing these rentals and big houses, beautiful houses, and just kept going and kept going. And Yeah. The hustle began. Yeah. So what year did you start doing that? I was going like in the past, 13 years ago. Okay, 13 years ago. Yeah. And it wasn't like you were handed a book of clients. You had to go out and find opportunities. I, yeah, so it was, the thing I was handed was from my parents, you know, doing rentals. Usually um, one month's rent, my commission is one month's rent for a 12-month lease. Mm-hmm. So starting out, I mean, starting on real estate in general, but especially rentals, you don't get a big pop at the end of the day. So my parents definitely helped out, but it was slow. And I have to, you have to know what you're talking about, act confident with these seasoned landlords. A lot of the, where I could help people is they weren't, familiar with online or you know, marketing it, you know, old school, you just put it in the yard sign in the yard and wait for calls. Well, I was the next step for those people. So that got me going and, you know, just learning how to talk to people and and helping them because they, they have a need, they have a vacancy. So 
I can help you. Let, let's get it done. Yeah. How lean was it in the beginning? I mean, were there times where you thought, oh boy. I, well, a business was with the market crashing because people didn't want to take that hit. Mm-hmm. So once I started going, it took me about a year or two to kind of start getting some traction. Maybe a year. Okay. Which is a long time when you're in it. Yeah. But after that, I mean, with with other agents and I mean, nobody really does rentals in Milwaukee. There's a handful that still do it, but even back then, not even. So referrals kept coming and it kept growing. But it, yeah, it was it was a lot. I mean, you know, rentals too, you, you get no-showed at appointments. I just talked to you 20 minutes ago, you didn't show up. And so there's some of that, but it's it's all fun. I mean, helping people, I've, I've, I still have some clients that have helped like 10 years ago. I remember that one day you got me in that place and you know, you're my agent for life. I mean, so it's, it's again, just helping people and that's kind of kept me going and it's it's fun. I get to drive around all town, show houses, uh, do my one-liners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So if I recall correctly, when we started meeting many, many, you know, eight years ago, let's say, your vision was, look, I, I, this is an entree for me. I'll, I think I'll always serve landlords, but I really have a vision for selling homes as well. Yeah. And that's very much come true. Yeah. It, I mean, you know, you rent, you buy, you sell, or you might, you know, you might rent because you just sold, so you might need a place. So just to get in the mix, uh, you know, the rental world, it's a grind for sure, but you tenants, you're attracting tenants. That's one angle. Then those are landlords. That's a contact too. So even they, they might want to buy a investment property. They might want to sell it. Um, you know, they have to live somewhere too. And then once the tenants, you know, if they get done with their lease, they want to live somewhere or you know, tell their friends. I mean, it's just a snowball, you know, 13 years ago was a small snowball on top and just kind of kick it downhill and keep working it and keep, keeps getting bigger. And it's the referral thing. I and mean, we have, I think we have like 15,000 email contacts right now. And wow. it's, you know, it, it's a lot. So we have a huge volume, but I try to put all my, when I'm face to face with somebody and that's, that's what I like the most. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. When did you sell your first house? My first closing. I think I forgot about that. I should, should remember that. Which one was it? Was that Cole Banker? I can't remember. It's been, <laughs> yeah. What was okay. probably like six months into. So I started doing sales like eight, about eight years ago. So probably probably in sales about yeah eight eight years of that running and going wild. Yeah. And what portion of your business now is sales versus rental? So we do, we average about 50 to 75 rentals a year. And then, I mean, right now we're probably on the sales side of things. We've done about 50 sides so far. And it's, it's floating around probably, this year's probably 50, 50 listings to buyers. And you do this, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of transactions with yourself and two people. Yeah. Kiko and Sarah, Kiko's, right? Yeah. So I said earlier, I'll say it again, but I'm the hustle. Sarah's the muscle and Kiko's the finesse. So I have to come check it on Sarah and oil up her keyboard now and then. But I mean, she's a beast of just organizing everything. The day-to-day webs. I mean, she does so much. Sarah, you're amazing. And then Kiko is just, I mean, thoughtful to my demise, remembers everything. So it's great mm. for work, <laughs> not good for past John. But, right, right. <laughs> but I mean, all just the touches, the thoughtfulness. I mean, and, and we all have it, but especially Kiko. So just, she just grounds us and keeps everything humble and makes sure we don't overlook anything. And all between all three of us, we're great at just you know, proofreading stuff. I mean, there's not, not one grammar mistake on any of our listings ever. I mean, I, yeah, I'm very proud of that. So <laughs> that's. <laughs> and you all get along well. I mean, when you were, when we worked close to one another, proximity-wise, you guys were always laughing. I mean, we still do. I mean, it, this, this job is so much fun. 
I mean, we, uh, I mean, every every day we're laughing, um, having fun. That's I mean, we want to bring the professionalism, and then that we that goes over to our clients too. It's just let's have some fun out there. I mean, yeah, let's be serious when we have to be, but let's this doesn't have to be serious. Let's have some fun. But yeah, I met Sarah at concourse I mean, she she went to whitefish bay as well but um didn't know her in high school but when i was working at concourse she was a cashier there and then we've just been friends forever and just kind of me complaining about how busy i was she's like well i could help with that and so you know one email led to 10 led to you know 10 hours a week led to her quitting her job and mm-hmm. and she's been with us for seven years i think mm-hmm. and thank god yeah mm-hmm. But between us three, we did the um, the Aaron Hills um, when the U.S. Uh, the Open was here, mm-hmm. and we were just f- like full, no kids, so it was just full work. I'd be driving to appointments, listing appointments, and Kiko and Sarah would be on their laptops, and we'd just be you know I'd be dictating emails to both of them, listing contracts, going you know, okay, we're at our next stop, listing, get out, let's go, do it again. Mm. And we were doing about eight listing appointments a day. It was it was wild, but that really fine that that was like Navy SEAL training to mm-hmm. our kind of chemistry. Cool. So that that helped. We were great in a room prior to COVID. We, you know, we kind of stopped that. I'm back on my own now, just with COVID. So, but you know, us going to a listing appointment and stuff. But usually, we you know click with one person, or one person would click with the other. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, that, that's really what it is. It's just fun. So, and I didn't think about this before as it related to you, but you must have put a lot of work into the Democratic convention that turned out not to be the, after Aaron Hills. That Navy, I don't want to do Navy SEAL training again. Okay. <laughs> so people approached me and like, no, we, we got, we were, um, sales were pumping and we just. Great. We put, so we politely said no to that one. But a lot of people, that, I, I know agents that were, and I, I, I felt for them because that's, that's a lot of work. I know what they had to do and to right. have it not come through. Oof, that's yeah. tough. So are you going to pass on that effort with the Republican convention? Yeah, we're, we're good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. You wouldn't have been able to say that eight years ago. Right. You would have been all over that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Progress. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm sitting here across from a guy who started as the car wash guy yeah. at Concourse, right? Like, that's... Yeah. That was a lot that's of like and entry. Then, yeah. Didn't Tony Sanfilippo start as a lot guy, too? And he ended <laughs> he up did. as the general manager. Yeah, I was there when he was the general manager. He's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was the concourse back you know, when Tony was there, like back in the day, early 2000s was awesome. I mean, I laugh a lot. I've laughed a lot at that time frame. It was just great. Just the mix of people. And I still have friends that worked there back then now. So, yeah. It's, yeah. So speaking of that, <laughs> every time I see a BMW zoom by, if it's going 15 <laughs> miles per hour or more over the speed limit. <laughs> Where's this broadcast? And if you can hear it coming from more than a mile away. I always look to see if it's you. So give us the background on your yeah. BMW so, passion. Well, I got my first one um, at Concourse. It had a leaky fuel. It was a 3 Series, 86 3 Series. It was a leaky fuel tank, rusty. Got it for 225 bucks. Mm-hmm. Fixed it up. Every Wednesday, you could work on your own car there. You know, oh, clean really? it. Use the hoist, which was awesome. Do an oil change. But yeah, fix that. And I'm like, oh, what? It's kind of quick. You know, it wasn't quick. But for me back then, I was used to a big I had a Jeep Cherokee. I'm like, oh, this BMW is quick. So I, I liked... I like going fast and I just like the way the, the older cars feel. So when I was a lot attendant, there was a, a rental car. It was a 540 wagon mm-hmm. automatic. And then, um, so that, that was like the rental car. Oh, I got to drive the wagon. That was fun. And then my buddy's dad, um, the back surgeon had got a brand new M5 in 2001. Um, beautiful car. And us as in like 16 years old, we're breaking this car in. I mean, I'm sure. four, so anyways, my, so now I have, 
I guess I, I'm living my high school dreams. I have a 2003 540 wagon with the M5 motor in it. It's, nice. it's automatic. Now I just swapped it to manual. So all that's that's fun. But and then like that crowd. So I have that I have a three series 1989 three series with the Corvette motor in it. That's the I like taking that to closings to get commission checks, and um, that's the fun one. And when like when you say it has a Corvette motor, did you swap that out? Yeah, it swapped it out. Yep. You literally did it, or you? Yeah, I did. I did in my we had a one car garage on Berkeley. Um, so I I had the motor built somewhere else, but I I put the motor in, put the transmission on it. I, that's that's my my main hobby. I just you torque the bolt, it's done. You you can move on to the next thing. You know, real estate. You know, you still got to negotiate that inspection and kind of things getting whatever out there. But you know, working on cars, and I take that over to real estate too. You know, talking about you know furnaces or basement walls or some just mechanical mind. I was a thir- third grade. I replaced all the blinds in our house, my parents. <laughs> wow. As a little kid. <laughs> yeah, I always liked it. Nine years old. So just to draw a distinction, years ago, my, God, this must have been 20 years ago, my wife had a Volvo and there was a strange noise coming from under the hood. So I drove it to Jenkins, I think it yep. was, on Capitol Drive. I pulled into the service department and walked up to the service advisor and I said, there's a strange sound coming from under the hood. And he said, what does it sound like? I said, it sounds like about $2,000. <laughs> <laughs> like that's my extent of uh, engine knowledge. Yeah. So you're my guy from now on. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> right. Yeah. But with, I get to drive my old fun cars around town all day and you know show houses. I, again, it's, it's just, it's, I have so much fun. This job was made for me. I love it. Yeah. That's so nice to hear that. And, you know, it's not, an easy job to get going in. Right. Like it's like you, you mentioned in the start that getting a job at a brokerage is not difficult, but staying there is hard and prospering is really hard. Right. Yeah. yeah. So what were the, some of the things that you drew on? Like when you were questioning, is this going to work or whatever, or you were working yourself to death? Like what were, what kept you going? just when it clicks when it works and when you when you get that success and you see that person like you you know you solved a huge problem from them you know last minute rental or they you know you gave them the good news of an accepted offer that i mean that is that's the best you're changing you're the, you're the vehicle to help them change their to their next chapter so that that keeps me going and just not you know me sitting idle i need to keep going and keep doing something so like again back to the job is made for me so i mean that you know selfishly that's just running around like a maniac is amazing but I mean, that that's the most important thing though is just I, I gave the news to older um clients and i just kind of surprised them like well did you ring the lockbox you like well why do we need that well we're done with showings we got an accepted offer and they're like yeah they're mm. screaming and hugging and uh, an inspector that i was with were on inspection with their their condo they're buying and they got to he got to see that too and i was like that was awesome man i'm like i know yeah it was mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that that keeps me going and i would bet positivity does too i mean i think that it's so important that we don't dwell on the setbacks. We don't dwell on the problems. You know, it's the problems and the way we address them that results in repeat business, right? Like when everything goes swimmingly and it's just easy, a client assumes that anybody could do it. But when there's a challenge and we hop in and really make it right, they tend to be the people that refer business to us. Yeah, very true. Yeah. And just, you know, growing and learning so much when I, when I sat down for that interview and when I thought I was getting interviewed, but I should have been doing the interview on my first job at the rental place. You know, I told him if I can learn this job as well as I know cars, 
I'm going to be great at it. So, you know, every deal, every hurdle they have to jump through, it's a learning experience. And, you know, that's, that's why, you know, great, you know, brokers are great education. Like Kelly Williams is awesome with that, but you don't have to jump through those hurdles. They're taught to you. So then you could be, you know, a sounding board for your clients and know what to say is great. And, you know, then the, the negative stuff that happens, I mean, your skin gets thick and it's got to get thick quick mm-hmm. uh, because to your point, negativity doesn't go anywhere. You got to be, you got to turn around and be positive and keep going forward. I mean, that's the only way to go. Mm-hmm. So what does the future look like? What do you picture for you guys? I mean, keep going. We, we, we all love it. Just, you know, keep going, having fun, having fun and working hard. Just working hard. It's, we set goals just based on last year and, you know, the year prior and okay, you know, you know, probably we'll probably put up, you know, say we'll try to do 25 million again next year. But every year I'm like, how the heck am we going to do this again? For sure. That January is humbling. (laughs) Yeah, very much so. So you make a couple extra calls in January, but, uh, it's, it's just, I, I just couldn't see myself doing anything else. So, I mean, that, that grind, that hustle, I just got to, Kiko always is like, well, let's get you nervous. And then I know you're going to work a little harder. Mm-hmm. So. Smart. Finesse. <laughs> totally, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, it's just keep me, keep doing it. I, I, I love it. And we've been buying, personally, just buying invest, some investment properties. So nice. getting the passive income going. Our passive income that we've had built so far is now paying for our mortgage and our utilities. So we're kind of living for free. So if the market crashes, I could go back to washing cars. Yes, I know. <laughs> I'll be right there. But I don't think it is. No. And you know what? There's always a shortage of something, right? So you got started when there was a shortage of buyers. For the last couple of years, it's been a shortage of sellers. You've prospered in both markets. The conversations are different. Who you talk to, the skills change a little bit, but the work doesn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited for you know, tomorrow, the future, it's my line. I'm doing, you know, I tell buyers I'm not a pressure guy, but you know, 550 or 500 showings, that's how much it takes. And the seller's like, whenever you're ready, I'm doing this the rest of my life. So, I mean, no rush on my end, but I'm here for you. Nice. Yeah. We always say to people, we're not looking to sell you a house. We're looking to find you a house and you'll know, like, we're not going to know. You'll know when it's the right one. Right. I've I've talked a lot of buyers out of houses lately. Yeah. So like, you shouldn't buy that. Don't do it. (laughs) <laughs> and that's where the loyalty comes from, don't you think? Right. Yeah. Yeah, because you know the, the moment they close and they're not going to be happy. I mean, that's that's what I don't. I wouldn't want that. So I want again that back to that pure joy, that pure like, this click, this work, this is amazing. You know, we got our house. That's that's what I, I don't want anybody to feel forced. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nice. Well, John, this might be my twentieth podcast, but there were none that I was more excited for, and I mean that sincerely. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> You're just a great guy to be around. You always have been from the day I met you. You walk in the room and it's like every light gets flipped on. That's what it feels like. Thank you. And uh, (laughs) it's great to see your success. It really is. Thank you. And I would just say to anybody that's listening, John would be a good guy to talk to. I mean, he's really done it the right way. Your database of 15,000 people, that's unbelievable. I don't know that there's another team that has a database like that. So that... When you talk about the market adjusting or a crash or whatever, if you literally have even close to that amount of people in your database and you're keeping in touch with them, you you don't have to worry about the economy. You really don't. So it'll be fun to watch your continued progress. It'll be fun to watch how much fun you have. And like I said, anybody listening, reach out to John. You'll learn a lot from him. We all have. Thank you so much. It means the world to me. And thanks for having me. I'm very flattered to be here. (laughs) 
I'd like to give a shout out to Podcast Town Studios, our producer. No sleep for creating the music. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you believe that you or someone you know would be an ideal guest and would talk about not what they've done, but really who they are, why don't you reach out to me? I'm the easiest guy in the world to get a hold of. Thank you.